Hey y'all, welcome to Well, Well, Well by LRH Wellness. I'm your host, Lexi, and this is where we dive deep into all things health and wellness. Here we get into the wellness weeds, call out health inequities, and work towards living a more well life, all centering Black perspectives. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Well, Well, Well. I am so excited to have you guys join this episode today. I have a wonderful conversation with Naomi. We talk about black beauty, what it means to be an esthetician, how we can overcome some of the hair discrimination we face and just so much. But before I get into that, I want to talk about some really exciting stuff with LRH Wellness. So for me, I am wrapping up my last week of my master's of public health. And it is crazy to think that this year is coming to an end for me. This degree has finally come, team. It has finally come, and I just am so reflective of the things I have taken away from my time here at Yale and my time here at the School of Public Health, and I'll be more reflective in next week's episode when I'm really going to get out, but part of, as I'm wrapping up, I'm really working on some things for LRH Wellness that I'm just so excited to announce. And as podcast listeners, you guys will be some of the first people to hear about them. But two things I wanted to share with you guys that I'm just so, so, so excited about is one, Well Together. It's my Facebook group that is aimed at supporting black people who experience gender discrimination. So it's really just for femmes, non-binaries, women, trans folks, and people who aren't cis men, black cis men really, but it's a space where we can just build community and I'm really looking to build that community. So please share it with people you know, share this podcast with people you know, obviously it really does help me help support the work. I sometimes, I won't lie, I feel like I'm talking into a void and I know that this message resonates with some of you and the people that are listening. It means so much to me to see that you guys are listening. And when you rate it, it really helps. So share, share, share. It does a really big thing, not only for my ego, I won't lie, but it does help get the word out. And there's some really cool guests who are coming in the next coming weeks. And I just want their messages to get out to the wider public and a special secret that I'm going to say now and not tell you guys again until June is that in June, we're going to have two episodes every week. So get ready for a ton of content to come out soon. But so Well Together is up running and I'm really hoping to just get a ton of people in there so we can really start building community. We can have discourse. We can have those discussions. So the brave souls who want to step forward and have that conversation can feel supported and feel like people are there to listen and talk. So if you want to join that community and you're part of that group, please go ahead and join it. The link is in the show notes. And if you're not part of that community, please share with people who are, who you think need that support. Being part of, being an ally goes beyond just doing the work. It's also giving resources to people who might not know that they exist right now. If you have the privilege of taking the time to listen to this podcast, if you found this podcast through whatever means and you think that you know somebody who might really benefit from it, share it with them. Share with them the resources you have found. It means a lot to me and it will mean a lot to them. Additionally, Beyond Well Together, my website has a really cool new feature with resources. So I have one up already. You go into the menu options, you'll see resources. And in that tab, I will have a lot more coming up. But right now, we just have therapy. And it's going to be a database of where you can just find tons of tons of resources geared towards helping Black and people of color really find resources tailored towards them in all six dimensions of wellness. So remember those dimensions are physical, emotional, social, occupational, intellectual, and spiritual. So I will have different resources in all of those domains coming up in the coming weeks. But the first one is up and I'm just so excited to share with you. I really feel like LRH Wellness is taking the shape of what I wanted it to be when I first started this business in August of 2020. And it's taken some time and it's taken a lot of work, a lot of tears, a lot of labor, support my community. And I'm just so grateful for all of those times and those ups and downs. But I'm getting to where I want it to be. And 
I'm grateful for you guys for sharing and being here with me. But enough of that. We'll have more reflection next week when I'm really graduating, which is so crazy to think about. This is second graduation and a two-year span and a virtual landscape, but I don't know. Whatever. I'll have more to say about that next week. But this week, I have an incredible conversation with Naomi. Naomi just had so much to say that was so insightful about the beauty industry and I'm just so grateful that she took the time to talk to me about something that has really been plaguing my mind and really thinking about the beauty standards that are set and I shared on my Instagram how I'm reading this book called Fearing the Black Body and it's sitting right here on my desk and I'm just thinking so heavily about the systems of caste and race and racism in this country and how they perpetuate through every system and every structure in this country but it was just really refreshing to talk to her and hear her vision of what wellness can and should be in the beauty industry and how she gets through it as a black woman so a little bit about Naomi Naomi is a holistic living blogger and a licensed esthetician based in New Orleans Louisiana she currently is studying holistic health and psychology as she develops her brand, her brand, Live Through You. Live Through You focuses on using vulnerability to reach your true healing and providing resor- resources and representation to build a life that makes you feel full. Through her work as an esthetician, she highlights the beauty of melanin and making her cl- clients feel beautiful, well, and whole. Taking a holistic approach to skincare, she uses her training to evaluate the whole person in front of her and not only the concern they bring to her. This conversation was really refreshing and it made me think of my own biases. We reflected on the tweet I shared and really discoursed some of the stuff I've been posting and the conversations about blackness, the beauty industry, the white um, Eurocentric standards that are perpetuated on black people, how black people are the freaking model for a lot of the fashion and and, um beauty industry and it was just a really great conversation so I think you guys are gonna love it so without further ado here's the conversation I know you guys will really enjoy it all right hi Naomi how are you today I'm good how are you I'm good thank you for joining me on well 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 I'm so excited to have you and have this conversation yes me too I'm super excited I've been thinking about this all week so good I I think we're going to have a wonderful conversation. So to start, I just want to start the conversation by talking about you. So tell me a little bit about yourself, where you are from, like how you began your journey in wellness and being an esthetician, especially a Black esthetician. And tell me what an esthetician even is, honestly. Yeah, it's actually really funny that you say that because that's exactly where I was whenever I first heard about an esthetician. I was like, "Um, a what? (laughs) Um, but it actually started because a friend of the family, she came over one day and she was telling me all about how she went to Aveda and she, I think either she was just finishing or she was about to finish. Mm -hmm. And she knew I was really into makeup and beauty. And she asked me if I ever thought about being an esthetician. And of course I was like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I I have no idea what that is. And so I looked into it and I found out that they were more into skincare and skin mm. wellness, and I was more into skin than beauty. Um, well, skin than makeup, and I would say that I was more into skin because skin was the foundation of makeup. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to learn how to better take care of it. So that's kind of how I dove into being an esthetician, and then I found Aveda because that's where she went, and she mm-hmm. recommended it to me. Um, and they were all about natural and holistic, and that really resonated with me. So that's kind of how my journey started, and it really went from there. <laughs> it just awesome. went from And so, when you said you had already been interested in skincare and just like skin health, where did that kind of come from? Like, were your parents into that type of stuff? Did you just kind of one day wake up when you're like, I gotta get right with my skin? Like, what what got you there? Um, watching America's Next Top Model. So <laughs> that was that was my intro to the beauty world. That was, mm-hmm. um, I like the fast paced um, energy in the beauty world. I like yeah. expressing yourself through the makeup and how Tyra would always have them girls going through something crazy, but the makeup would always fit the crazy. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. I thought that you can express yourself and express your vision 
through yeah. makeup and that's, that's awesome. that was how I started out being a makeup artist mm-hmm. so I found that skin was way more important than just slapping on some makeup on a brickety canvas you can't do that yeah for sure and so when you were a makeup artist and people were coming to you to like cover up stuff probably I'm, I'm making a big assumption there but when people would come to you to cover up something or skin blemishes or things they didn't like and wanted to hide what kind of clicked for you that it was like something deeper like that it wasn't just oh we're pu- covering it with makeup that it's like something like deeper that it's like skincare and then how do you give somebody advice for that um it kind of clicked whenever I had friends and we would all get really cute and we would all do our makeup and I would notice that they would still feel insecure. I would Mm -hmm. notice that like still it wasn't enough. And then whenever they took off their makeup, um, their confidence wasn't the same as when they had it on. Um, They weren't as comfortable in their bare skin as they were in a beat face. And that didn't sit right with me. Like I didn't like that at all because I was never a big makeup person myself. I just loved doing it on other people. Mm -hmm. So that kind of interests me. You know, I wanted to figure out how to make you love yourself, how you naturally wake up because that's the self that you always are going to see. It's the face Mm -hmm. that you first see when you wake up. So how do you take care of that? What do you do? And I'm always about the why. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what gets me the why. Like you can say that going outside alleviates stress. I want to know why. Yeah. <laughs> why does it actually do that? And then For I'll sure. go into the research of it. Mm-hmm. And so you talked about how you really enjoyed that Aveda had this holistic and more like natural approach to skincare. So before you had joined. Um, working for Aveda and doing all of your kind of I guess certifications and I would love to hear about that process too but before you had done that what kind of things had you noticed had worked like what what about the natural thing worked for you because in my own in my own skincare journey you know I've gone to the dermatologist and they give you all these creams that like you know I did chemistry so I know like all these chemicals and you know, they're so, so penetrate, they bleach, they do all this stuff. You take all these supplements, all these vitamins, all these, um, antibiotics. And so what about this like natural approach, like really resonated with you? I have eczema. Mm -hmm. So I have really dry skin and at certain times of the year, whenever the weather would change or I would be really stressed out, my skin would change. Mm-hmm. And oatmeal was always something that my mom really told me to use for my skin and a couple other things. But it was always a natural approach first. We weren't really a big medicine family. Yeah, I love um, that. We a big going to the doctor family. It was like, go take some rubber tussin and lay down. <laughs> and lay down. So um, when taking care of my own skin, I didn't want to do too much. Um, the mm-hmm. idea of using a lot of chemicals wasn't, it wasn't something that I looked very fondly on mm-hmm. growing up. So whenever I started my own journey, I wanted to be as natural as possible just because I've seen that it worked. You know, my eczema would go down drastically whenever I took like an oatmeal bath and, yeah. you know, that worked for me. So why not? Mm-hmm. That's really cool to hear. And so can you talk a little bit about the training and I'm assuming, and this is a big, you know what they say about assuming. So I'm assuming you work mainly with white people. Yeah. No, and so <laughs> what did the training look like? Like, right. Like you have all of these natural remedies you've been using for yourself. Like I'm sure they weren't telling you to do oatmeal baths and, you know, these like remedies you've been using in your home and in your, gen- you know, generationally in your family. Right. So what did that training look like for you? Um, that's really, okay. So being a black esthetician, no matter where you go, Aveda, if you go to a Paul Mitchell, you go to whatever type of school you go to, you're going to have to do a lot more research. You're going to have to do your own um, classes and doing a lot of peer knowledge. Um, you have to bounce it off whatever black student that you have in class with you, cling to her, <laughs> cling to her, cling to him, whoever it is, talk to them because they're going to be your backbone because yeah. the teachers, they don't know. They may pretend like they know, but they have no idea. They have mm-hmm. no 
idea about black skin, when you look at the protocols in school, um, you can flip through the book and it's two pages that says skin of color. And then it goes into more other protocols that have nothing to do with my black skin. And I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? My skin is not just dry or oily. Like there's so many other um, different things to consider when it comes to black skin and it's not being considered. Yeah. So it took a lot of peer knowledge, a lot of extra classes, a lot of extra research and patience. Mm -hmm. Patience, because you're not going to find it much. For sure. You're not going to find much. And how did that make you feel? Like dealing with that, I'm sure it must have been frustrating. <laughs> it sucked. It's like we as Black women are some of the biggest buyer of beauty products and you decide to focus on the your niche market because it's, mm-hmm. it's not the mass population. Yeah. And that makes me feel so intentionally blocked out of an industry mm-hmm. that has so much influence on the industry. You look to Black women when you think of beauty, when you think of soul, when you think of something trendy and fashionable, you think of a Black woman, but yet you don't see her represented in the education. That hurts like a lot. And you said something really interesting right there about how Black women are some of the biggest consumers of the beauty industry. And there's this really interesting nuance that's happening in beauty industry of we are the biggest consumers we are also like the models behind the scene right like we are the prototype you know so much comes from black women and then it gets taken into drag culture and then drag culture gets appropriated by the gays and then the white gays take it and then bring it into the fashion industry where then you get like the kim kardashians of the world who take it and then make it into mass culture right and that that's the trend of how it goes but it all stems from Black women who are then like experiences violence in systems for having braids, you know, having a fat ass or, you know, embodying that original, the OG. Exactly. Quote unquote stereotype, wearing the hoops, having the ass, having the big lips. wearing Exactly. Wearing the biker shorts, you know, like, like I think of how we are so gatekept from those fashion circles, those beauty industries and made to feel ugly or made to feel less than, even though we are the prototype. So being in the beauty industry of like being a worker in that industry, how does it feel like being a part of this system? Not that, not that you're a perpetuator of it, but like being able to see that around you, like on a day-to-day basis, how do you deal with that? Um, you kind of got to play the game, you know, you kind of got to, um, pick your battles Yeah. to, um, you have to be a good judge of character as well. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that sometimes things that are said and done are mostly out of ignorance and not out of um, malice. Mm-hmm. So then you have to decide if you want to educate in that instance or if you want to, um, if you want to turn up, basically, if you want to if yeah. you turn up or if you want to educate and you pick your battles. And if you decide that this is the time that I'm, I'm about to turn up and I'm going to let you know why you're wrong and who you need to give the credit to, that's yeah. what you decide to do in that moment because that's how change happens. That's how, mm-hmm. that's why I'm there. That's why I'm the only black esthetician in this white spa, which is actually where I did all of my um, quote unquote residency as an esthetician. Um, I was the only black esthetician there. And let me tell you, I have (laughs) have stories, but I'm gonna keep it. (laughs) I'm gonna keep it to a minimum, but you just have to pick and choose your battles. You have to decide. And so I, my favorite thing is letting them sit with what they said, letting them sit with little tidbits that you kind of drop here and there um we would all be in the product area and I would be going through and I would ask certain questions like you know how would this work with my skin and they would think what do you mean and I'm like hmm and then I would just walk out and then I want you to sit with that thought of the fact that Mm -hmm. I I needed to ask that so that you can understand that our skin is different you know yeah and so how do so 
if I were to want to work with an esthetician, mm-hmm. now assuming that there's not a lot of black estheticians in the field, I'm there's like, there is more now. Skincare is okay. really so there's a lot more now than there used to be, but we're not the face of skincare like we should be. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna come back to that because that's actually a really good point. But if I were to go in and work with like a white a white person. what type of care do you think will be different than if I work with a black person? Like, what do you think would be a noticeable difference? Especially if I'm, this is something I want to do continuously. Um, one of the biggest things that I noticed is that the hyperpigmentation, mm-hmm. um, physicians are not always as aware when it comes to extractions on black skin. I've seen a lot of scarring after going to white estheticians because you're not extracting properly or you're not paying attention to the fact that there's a lot of studies that I've actually read and a little talk that I've heard that it's an assumption that black skin doesn't bruise easily. And that's a lie. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's a lie. That's a big fat lie. And with that knowledge, that's how they handle the skin. And sometimes mm-hmm. not understanding that, for example, salicylic acid is like the OG of taking care of blackheads and whiteheads. But salicylic acid is not always agreeable with black skin. And I've noticed that. I've um, a couple other black estheticians, we've talked about that. I've seen it on Twitter. It doesn't always work for black skin, but that's the OG. Wait, and- rewind that, rewind that. Say that again. Salicylic acid. <laughs> So salicylic acid is really good for taking care of blackheads and whiteheads. Yeah, right? I've seen that everywhere. everywhere. Right. But sometimes, sometimes it's not good for black skin. And I've seen a lot of black women saying that, you know, that doesn't work for me. You know, it doesn't work for me. And at that point, that's their OG. They don't know where to go from there. They're like, okay, well, let's mm-hmm. try this. Let's try this. And now they're experimenting on your skin. Mm-hmm. There's, and then there's just a lot of research that goes into it because there's not a lot of information there's more now because it is getting more popular but it's still a strain to get information on just black skin yeah and that point you said about this misconception that they think that black skin doesn't bruise easily I mean we see that in the medical field exactly there's all these studies and to think that that doesn't trickle down into something like being an esthetician I mean first of all that's probably that's degrading to the field of estheticians because you know those biases perpetuate society yeah anybody in any sort of healthcare field has these biases because it's in biology frankly no it is (laughs) it is and I mean we can get into a lot of conversations on that in itself but it's (laughs) It's really frustrating. That's the only word that I can really say about skincare is that it's frustrating just because you just have to try harder, you know, and we are making our own little lane in our own little community. And if you are in, you know, skincare Twitter, then, you know, you don't always hear the outside noise of what's going on in the actual skincare industry, which is not where we are. We're not in the care industry we've made our own little corner in black skincare twitter and everyone yeah. in skincare twitter knows each other whether you have a million followers or you have 500 followers if you are a skincare you know enthusiast and you're in that community you're known you know yeah. but that, that's not enough we have yeah. so much information to give and frankly people are coming over just like on bringing on with their little cameras and, <laughs> and taking that information and making their cute little graphics. And that's enough shade for today, but that's what's, that's what's really going on. And those people that you are taking that information from needs to be in the forefront. And mm-hmm. that is when a lot more opportunities are gonna come, a lot more information and a lot more trust. Um, there's not a lot of trust in the Black community with healthcare professionals, whether it's an esthetician or it's a nurse. Um, yeah. And that comes from the distrust in 
health professionals because of the mis- mistreatment. The mis- yeah. So it it's really hard to get someone that has always like if this has always worked for them and it's always worked for their mama and their grandma that if they're not gonna listen to what you have to say necessarily because they don't trust you they trust their exactly. family that it's not gonna harm them and so you said how you know kind of the skincare industry doesn't put black skincare workers at the mm-hmm. f- forefront why do you think that is I mean racism <laughs> yeah obviously obviously but what part about black skincare workers in particular do you think it's because they're concerned that white skincare customers won't want to be seen or do you think it's like something else um I think it's just a deeper colorism issue that mm-hmm. it's just always been the tale of time and mm-hmm. going to take a lot for it to really dismantle at the core Um, there's a lot that happens on the outside there's you know a couple more black models added into this photo and a couple more black models added into this campaign and we'll we'll do a um um, a juneteenth post or a black lives matter post or whatever we need to let you know that we stand with you Mm -hmm. it's not actual change in the beauty industry that's not um asking my opinion on ingredients, asking my opinion on actual products and how we will receive them. We're not in those rooms whenever those conversations are happening necessarily mm-hmm. one or two, but sometimes not because a lot of things wouldn't happen if we had some color in certain rooms. Ain't that the truth? And so when you're thinking about like colorism in particular, do you feel that you see estheticians push like skin bleaching creams as much as was a thing in like the 60s and 70s um I don't see it as much but maybe I just have a good filter on my Instagram (laughs) and I don't see stuff like that um I know it has been a thing for a while though I know Hmm. it was a thing for a minute yeah but I don't see it much. And I, I like that. I like that um, certain skin types are being celebrated. And whenever it's an anti-love for skin or whatever, people are coming and letting you know that, hey, you should love yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you should. And, and they're giving each other tips. And they may not always be correct, but they're giving each other t- <laughs> They're giving each other tips. And, and that's the community that I really love to see because we're teaching each other how to care for each other yeah no I agree and so you uplift people and you you like make them feel beautiful which is really special and so how do you think that skincare and you said this earlier you wanted your friends to feel confident you know, even when they didn't have their face beat and when they didn't have all their full, full face and makeup on. So how do you think that skincare can help us celebrate Black beauty and make us feel beautiful when the world is constantly telling us, like, no, you guys as is, not beautiful. That's not it. That's not what we want. <laughs> um, having a good wellness routine, honestly. Mm-hmm. You have to take care of yourself. There's only so much that the next person can do for you. It has to start within yourself. Um, we can't always look to the skincare influencers. We can't look to um, the magazines because they're only going to do so much. So I would say put a mirror somewhere where you always are and force yourself to look at yourself. Like look mm-hmm. at yourself and see that this is me. This is what I look like. Um, this is what I feel like. Be conscious in that moment and your brain is going to start to register that, you know, this is what I look like and I'm okay with that. And if there is something that I want to change, then I can change it, but I'm registering that this is me and I love me. And it forces you to be more honest with yourself because in that moment, you should speak positive positivity to yourself. Mm-hmm. Say positive affirmations and not just oh I'm pretty or I'm amazing say that I deserve the things that are coming my way I know that sometimes 
um, my brain gets really jumbled and I overthink things, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. I know that I can overthink it and now I have a whole bunch of different plans and now I am ready for whatever happens. But, you know, say things that make you feel like the things that are not always the best things about you are yeah. something that you can use forward. That's beautiful. And then look better. Because whenever you see yourself, however you feel in the inside, it, it's now on your face. And then people can see that same glow. And they're like, oh, what are you doing with your skin? Your skin's glowing. And you're like, I haven't washed my face in three days. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, it's self-love, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy over here. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. So it, everything is connected. Everything is, that's why I believe in holistic living, not just holistic health, but holistic um, eating. It's, everything is holistic. Everything is a part of a whole. Yeah. So I can't treat your skin if I don't know what you're eating. I can't mm-hmm. treat you. I don't know if you have a stressful job or you're outside a lot you know everything is connected Mm -hmm. and have you always thought this way or did this come over time because this is like a very enlightened way to live one's life where did (laughs) how did it like all start for you girl I've been depressed for about 23 years um (laughs) I have I can say I have lived a very rough life yeah emotionally and mentally Mm-hmm. And I have had my share of very like drastic mental breakdowns and mm-hmm. I've been to doctors and I've done the um, retreating, like being within myself and thinking that I can do it all by myself or, yeah. um, and then I just got really tired of just always surviving. You know, I'm always just trying to mm-hmm. make it's like yeah I'll be all right if I wake up tomorrow I'll be all right if I could just make it to tomorrow and it's like well what happened to today (laughs) what happened to what I did today if someone asked me hey what did you do yesterday I'm like I don't I don't remember because I'm in survival mode I was just trying to get through the day I was just trying to make it and I wasn't enjoying life I didn't have any Mm -hmm. joy so I got really tired of that and that kind of happened while I was at Aveda Aveda was a very big turning point in my life mm-hmm. because they would say oh you know we're going on wellness breaks and I'm like what the hell is a wellness break <laughs> what the, what the hell is that? but they said I could leave class so I'm with it so uh we we started just leaving and going outside and they had a Whole Foods next door and we would go to Whole Foods and like eat snacks and we would take those wellness breaks and <laughs> we would really um take time to just be and stretch and socialize and I started to realize that I wanted my body to feel like my mind did my mind was feeling clear um I was learning a lot so I wanted my body to feel clear but then I started eating a plant-based diet and then my plant-based diet made me want to do more physically so then I got more into fitness and Mm -hmm. then my skin started looking better and I had to wash my face in three days so yeah I just realized that I had to find the little things in life that brought me joy and then take care of me. And then I'm like, hold on. So all this time, there was these resources for Black people to be happy, even though you have this mental disorder, even though you have anxiety and you have depression and you have PTSD because Black people have PTSD. I'm pretty sure every last Black person on this (laughs) earth has PTSD. And it may be theirs. It can be generational PTSD that has been passed down because none of the slaves got counseling. So yeah, <laughs> and it just makes you want to share that with other people. Once mm-hmm. you figure that out, once you figured out that hey, if I eat better, if I take time to just be in my own little corner, take time with my thoughts, get a cute cup and drink some tea and have fluffy slippers around me and like take care of my self-care just in that moment and knowing that I don't have to deserve good things Mm -hmm. that is supposed to be a part of my daily life that just made the biggest difference That, that made the biggest difference I love that and I love hearing that story because there's there's so many important things you hit on and I thank you for being so vulnerable and open because I think so many of us experience that and I love how you talk about you didn't just do it all at once, right? Like 
<laughs> it was small and it started slow. Like three years or so, maybe like 2019 to now, I would say has been my growth period. Yeah. And that's incredible. And I think there's this conception that it's like you wake up one day and everything happens at once. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, is it is it Flo Millie? Like, got that song is like, got my mind and my body in my time, right? Like something like that. There's like that one line in her song. It's going to come to me at the end of this interview, I know. But it's like, there's this line. and But either way, the whole point of it being like, you got everything t- together and right. And it's like, no. And I think as Black people, we are told you got to have it all, especially as Black women. We're told we got to have it together yeah. all the time. Yeah, no, we won't. Um, if, we possibly if- can't. You can't have it together. And it's not a 12-step process that you complete and now you're good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what healing is. Because you have to think about the fact that it took you however old you are to be the person that you are. So you, the fact that you woke up today and decided that you didn't like that is not going to change in the next few days. Um, and you're going to revert back to that same person that you were for however many years you are. So mm-hmm. you have to give yourself grace. You have to be kind to yourself and understand that it's like, it's going to be a constant battle. You're going to constantly have to be better because you're constantly growing and exactly. you're growing imperfectly. <laughs> you're not growing perfectly. You're, you're growing imperfectly. So you're going to constantly have to, you know, realign yourself. Completely. And to think that it's just like, to even start the growth, it just takes something small, like a wellness break. Mm-hmm. it just takes something small yeah. a simple wellness break was like the catalyst for you and that's like something so exciting that I like just emphasize because we think change has to be so monumental and we think of change as like I gotta move to Bali quit my job you know shave my head cut <laughs> off every cut off every single person I know switch my religion mm-hmm. you know never eat the same foods I've been eating my whole life. Just start, start all over rebirth. You don't have to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to be all of that. Now changing your hair. I'm all for, because that's why I have the hair that I do now. Um, it was actually my one year anniversary of having my hair like this, because one day I just decided that I wanted to express myself fully through my hair. Like I want people to know who I am I have a gist of who I am just by looking at my hair and that was a change for me that that was a big deal I said I don't care I don't care what job I don't get I don't care what person perceives me a certain way this is the type of person that I feel would have hair like this so this is the way I'm gonna wear my hair and brought me so much confidence because I walk in knowing that this is just who I am so are you going to accept it I know you like it because the hair is dope so (laughs) you're going to accept me either way and if you don't well I know that my my being is not going to be valued here anyway Mm so I I'm not even going to waste my time and let's talk about that let's talk about black women in hair so I know you're an esthetician which is skin but I think black women in hair Mm -hmm. it's just a thing we all really I I was thinking the other day of you know the hair cry where you work on a hairstyle for so long and your arms are tired and you're looking in the mirror and it's it's like a specific type of cry that only comes out when you've been doing your hair for a certain amount of time you're so frustrated it's not even funny (laughs) it's not even funny you're just like (sighs) you're just you just you're exasperated because you know that this is such a big part of who you are and how you're represented in the world and how people perceive you Mm -hmm. and this is your beauty this is your crown and it's just not working with you today it's (laughs) not and it's this unique thing for black women about and and I posted a tweet last so last week yeah about I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but there was a tweet about how braids isn't birthday hair attire. You saw my you saw my post about this. I saw it. I I have braids currently, so I don't care. 
I have braids currently too. And so for me, braids is a big thing growing up. So I grew up around all white people and I, and I swam, I did swim team. So I, every summer would have to have braids in because my mom was like, you can't be on swim team and not have braids. I would be tormented. Really? (laughs) Tormented by these white kids. And I used to hate it. It would make it so miserable for me because I was tormented. No, like, I, I guess I just, I never thought that like white people would react so negatively to braids because every time you see them, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, they're so cool. Let me touch them. You know? It was just like, t- like they would be so rude, ask me so many questions, be all up in my hair. And I just hated it. And I just didn't want the attention. I didn't want the questions didn't want the teasing and so I like once I got old enough to like do my own hair or like deal with it myself I just would never get braids and like literally did not wear braids again until 2020 are you serious oh yeah it was like 15 years well congrats on the braids sis (laughs) thanks girl thanks girl but like you know that's crazy and like that's so like like to think of like of all the traumas I endured, like to be like, that's a trauma. It took me that's a big years deal. to overcome. It's so minute in like the grand scheme of life, but it's not. And it's so crazy. And so I was reading this tweet and it's like, I understand conceptually, like as somebody who grew up with the, you know, you get your Easter, you get your Easter bump, just a little bump at the end. <laughs> you get your hair done for Easter. You're, <laughs> you're going to full on curl it and you're going to put your wrist into it you're lying <laughs> you're lying you're about to cat williams my hair <laughs> why are we twins right now i'm really mad <laughs> but like you know so as somebody who understands like where all that comes from like i get it it's euro eurocentric beauty standards of why you think birthday hair easter hair is straight but how do we devoid ourselves from that narrative that's a really you know that's so funny you asked because i just kind of broke it down a little bit for a friend of mine because she asked on her instagram um it was kind of similar it wasn't about birthday but it was special occasions Mm -hmm. we should have our hair straightened for special occasions and if we do that to our children are we conditioning them to think that, you know, special occasion hair equals straight hair. And I said that subconsciously, yes. Subconsciously, that's what you're doing. So you can equate having nice hair or getting your hair done completely different than it normally is for special occasions. Like if you have braids, Chloe and Hallie, I, have you seen what they do with their locks? Like, yes. Or if you have, if you do have straight hair, you know, getting it done differently, or if you have your natural hair and you're getting a really cute natural style, you're getting mm-hmm. done special for a special occasion, but the, the hair type is not what's special. It's just getting it done special. And I think by doing that can really, you know, dismantle the whole thing. Like if you want to have straight hair, have straight hair, but at the end of the day, just have special hair. I love that. Yeah. And I listened to this podcast one time and they were talking about how even, you know, she was talking about how it was this like academic woman. I can't remember who it was talking. And she was talking about how even when, even though she talks about how she only wears her hair natural, she still goes to get her hair done before like a conference. And by done, she means put it in braids really I love that and like and and but her point was like she was still upset by that which was really because to me I was like yes the like beautiful yes I was like power to you mama but she was like I am still not at a point in which I will let my fro rock yeah and she's like and that's and that's where I need to go like I still need the length I need my hair to be able to be pulled back like like and she's like my hair is full and beautiful and I will not let it out for because I I don't see my natural hair as is it sits on my head and will do as it does naturally as professional even if I tame it it's not natural I still need it in braids and 
in that form. And I was really intrigued by that. I was like, that is kind of like the ultimate because frankly, these white girls roll out of bed, throw their hair up in a ponytail, professional, ready to go, highest power meeting in the world. That's it. <laughs> a good bun on top of their head and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> but I can, I can relate with that. Like I can honestly relate with that um, with my natural hair, even though I went natural in a like seventh grade Mm. I not until maybe 2018 was comfortable with even wearing my natural hair out in its natural fro like style not Mm -hmm. pulled back not in a high puff with you know my edges laid but like just out and that took a lot for me because it just it was scary and I had to really think about why it was so scary like why was I so scared to just let my hair out was I scared of ridicule was I scared of perception was I scared of not being attractive because you know Mm -hmm. you attract certain guys when your hair is a certain way and everybody every black girl knows that no matter what kind of hair you have you're gonna attract a certain different type of guy so it's just I had to really break down my own thought process and I'm still not all the way there. Like <laughs> I'm still not all the way to the point that like, I like the texture of my hair enough or the shape of my hair enough, like the acceptable fro look, like my hair is not the <laughs> acceptable fro look. It's kind of lopsided sometimes, or it's not thick enough, you know? Completely. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because in all of the ways it takes to be a well black woman in this day and age it takes so much active resilience and like revolutionary power and like and i and i mean like you have to constantly be fighting systems of oppression to just exist as a black woman but to be a well black woman you have to constantly go against systems as well and in that I mean like it would be easy easier to just tie your hair back and just kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable like having a slight headache being slightly unwell to deal to like have feel unwell because you have a headache and your hair is tight as hell but you know you're not going to get weird stares you're not going to have to deal with any sort of insult you're not going to have to deal with your boss but you know you're so you're comfortable with the world is comfortable with you so you can exist in the world but you're uncomfortable with yourself yeah but to be comfortable with yourself means you have to be uncomfortable the world will be uncomfortable with you which is uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) yep it's an unfortunate reality honestly it's an unfortunate reality and honestly in order to be well you have to set boundaries and you have to go against the grain because what you may learn for yourself in being well may go against how your family is or how Mm -hmm. friends around you think um you're you're growing and that doesn't necessarily mean that the people around you are even in that same mindset to grow so you can't expect them to receive everything (laughs) the way you're receiving like you're in this whole new enlightened mindset and you're seeing things a whole different way and you're going to your family or you're going to your friends or you're going to people that you know and they're like are you crazy (laughs) no like just it's not that big of a deal don't fight it you know just ignore it you know sometimes you have to ignore things in order to be comfortable but you're like I don't want to like I want to be happy and if this is what I need to do in order to be happy that means I have to the revolution will not be televised that means I have to stand up and I have to protest about it I guess I have to be the one to start the protest I have to Mm -hmm. be to start you know I'll be the first one to start braids I actually did that at a job before like that was not standard. No one could have braids. Like the black girls that worked there, um, they wanted braids. I've always worn braids. You know, that was a big yeah. thing growing up. Um, but it, they didn't consider it professional. They didn't consider it mm-hmm. um, something like, I don't know, sleek down ponytail or, you know, the, the acceptable hair that they considered to be professional. But I was... <laughs> 
I went to my boss and be, I said, I want to have braids and I practiced my speech over and over. And I, I thought, do I want to go activist or do I want to go in professional? And then I was like, I'm just going to go in the middle. And I basically said, the white man is trying to hold me back and it won't let me express myself. And this is a part of my culture. And he let me have braids. And then once I got braids, the other black girl that worked got braids. And then they got and now everybody is in here wearing braids. And it just took that one person being scared as hell, because I was. Yeah. <laughs> and just saying, dude, you're like, you're really holding me back. And he was a cool white dude. Super cool. You know, like I loved him to death, but he didn't realize that you're you're perpetuating this. Mm-hmm. You continuously saying that, you know, this is unprofessional because this is what was taught to you. You're I know that you love my braids because you you said that you love them, but you think that they're not professional because that's what you were taught. Yeah. So someone has to stop it at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. So I got my braids. <laughs> I love that. And it's all about, you know, finding the people that will stand with you and back you up then. Like, you know, you would have felt high and dry and nobody hit you up after, right? And so <laughs> nobody even wanted those braids, girl. So why did you fight for that? Exactly. And so this kind of brings into your own wellness community you're creating. So can you talk a little bit about Live Through You? Yeah, okay. So it's still pretty new. It's my little baby, but Live Through You was a brand that I started because of my own personal wellness journey. And mm-hmm. you talk about vulnerability. Live Through You is all about vulnerability. It's all about healing yourself through being 100% honest with yourself and doing it while catching a vibe like (laughs) my apartment is nicknamed the treehouse it has um like plants and it has like the led lights and it has Janae Aiko playing in the background and we got the vibes going so but always I, I I can't even say there's always been a time when a friend has come over and they've had some type of breakthrough and it's because it's the vibe, you know, you, you yeah. sit here talking, everything's comfortable, but then you, you become honest because you're among friends and mm-hmm. comfortable. And that's what I want to bring to people. I want them to feel comfortable in being them and then giving them the resources to do that. Mm-hmm. So two things that I hold very high in my brand is resources and representation. I want to give you the resources and I want to give you the people that look like you doing that so that you can see that it's possible. Because once you see that, hey, that girl that I resonate with, that's not a fitness girl. She's not one of those, you know, fitness influencers. She's just like me. And I see her, she's working out and she's trying. And then she's telling me like, hey, I just ordered a whole pizza and I'm about to eat this right now. (laughs) And I'm so bad about it. It makes you feel like, okay, this is not, you know, cookie cutter, mm-hmm. you know, not super polished, but she's trying to take care of herself. Maybe I can do that as well. That's, awesome. and that's what Live Through You is going to be all about. Um, I want to, I want it to really grow to the fact that I can have actual little tree houses and you can go into like a wellness retreat and you can be one with yourself. Then you're going to have journals and they'll have little tripods where, you know, you can journal you know virtually or you can journal on your um on your phone and then you can have a video because I don't actually physically journal like write I make videos and I talk I to that. <laughs> and I found that that helps me a lot you know not everybody wants to journal not not everybody likes to write because I'm a writer that doesn't like to write so I understand that I just do videos you know and that's what I want to incorporate and live through you in a little wellness retreat so maybe one day maybe one day I love that that I live through that sounds like a wonderful idea and I'm so excited that you are starting this and that I just can't ex- wait to see it grow and as you grow it's a really cool idea and so to bring it back to skincare what tips and advice do you have for black people who are trying to get into skincare trying to learn what the hell works for them feel like they've been struggling where can they find you? We're going to do drops, like your stuff drops at the end, but like, what are like three things that you think that black people who are trying to get into skincare should know? Um, I think they should know 
they should first find an esthetician. That's, the skincare journey is not something that you can do by yourself. You need someone that has the education to help you. Mm. And you need to be able to trust them. You need to be mm-hmm. trusting. So go on their Instagram, you know, go on their Instagram, um, look at their procedures, look at what they offer, look at the people that are under their comments. Like, are they saying like, oh, I really enjoyed it. Or are they just, you know, not really engaging with them? Um, look, look up their license for their state, make sure that they are actually licensed estheticians so that they mm-hmm. are giving you the information that's accurate and actual pro tips. Cause you have to be a professional to give a pro tip. And then I would say number two, um, have patience because it's not going to happen overnight. Um, you're going to put on your skincare at night and then you're going to wake up and you're going to expect your face to be a whole new, <laughs> a whole new face. And it's not, and you're going to be frustrated. So have patience, especially dealing with hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. Hyperpigmentation is one of the biggest things that people of color deal with. And it's one of the hardest things to get rid of. So you have to have patience. And then number three, is um love yourself love yourself through the journey because you're gonna it's gonna be up and down your skin is gonna break out you're gonna go through purging and you're not gonna like the way you look and Mm -hmm. it's gonna make you not be consistent so I would definitely say be consistent as well to throw that in as like you know extra one (laughs) number four but be consistent with your skincare because it's not going to happen overnight you know, so you have to love yourself, be consistent, and just give yourself some grace. But follow whatever your esthetician says, because they know your skin. Your skin is not the same as your friend's skin. They're looking at yours, and they're telling you what your skin is going to need to grow and, you know, and thrive. And with that, do you think that people should be wary of people who are, are products that are like, this is a fix-all for everybody? Like, do you think that there's anything that's like that? Yeah, a little bit, just because it's not like skincare is just not. <laughs> okay. You have to try it out and it may work for you this time, but even, a, you know, a couple months down the road, it may not work for you anymore. Mm. And you have to have those regular visits with your esthetician and have those discussions and make sure that you're using the products as your skin um, heals. Because you may need to do something to restore your moisture barrier. And now that it's now restored, what do you need to do after that? Mm -hmm. So just make sure that you are doing what's curated to you. Anything that says, you know, one size fit all, just kind of take it with a little grain of salt, you know. (laughs) Just read the ingredients, know what you should be looking for for your skin. Ingredients is the biggest thing. It's not really about the products. It's about ingredients. Mm. so knowing what ingredients that you need for yourself is the is the uh, it's the little key see that's good advice and I think everybody in wellness just wants that one size fit all but it that's never the answer that's the gag everybody wants the one cure all but there is none nope nope (laughs) and if there was there wouldn't be a whole there wouldn't be a whole wellness podcast right this would have been a one episode jaunt (laughs) that would be it I have answers to everything you know in this one podcast but no you have to break it down and you have to um reach each layer of you you know you have multiple layers so you know you have to get that information for each layer and each layer that you grow exactly I love that and so my last question for you and I asked all my guests this is what does wellness mean to you to me wellness means living your life, enjoy being the main character, joy being what you're always looking to impress, what you're, what you're trying to thrive for. It's, you want to do the little things in your life that brings you joy. So if waking up in the morning and then going sit outside with a cup of coffee and your fluffy robe and just really taking in nature makes you happy and fills you with joy do that and that's what wellness is wellness is incorporating those little things in your life that brings you joy and that's kind of how I got to live through you because actually the meaning of live through you is you always see someone 
living an amazing life and you you want to say oh I, I wish I can live through you I'm living vicariously through you but when you have a wellness routine and you have joy as the main character in your life you don't have to live through anybody else you can live through you and that's kind of the point of the brand to get you to that point that you just are living through you because your wellness is so intact it's so beautiful and it is shining so bright that you're just living a happy life and that's just that's the goal i just want people to live a happy life and to break back a little bit of humanity i know that i can't save the world but you know i can save the world that's around me and make sure that humanity is always you know number one and that's what wellness is just bringing out that that joy and that humanity and and just living a very full life period Period. i love that and Naniomi, where can people find you so we know live through you drop your handles and i'll put them all in the um show notes so don't worry but biggest ones um well first you can follow me on instagram at naomi.manye and that's n-a-o-m-i and then manye is m-o-n-y-e and then my wellness brand is at live through you so live through is l-i-v-t-h-r-u because you know we urban and that, <laughs> that you and y'all follow me because i am going to be more consistent and this is what this podcast did for me you know it made me be more consistent because i can't have people follow me and i have no content so period facts what <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Naomi, for joining us this week. And everybody stay tuned for your wellness tip of the week and your wellness questions to get answered. Thanks so much, Naomi. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This week's wellness tip is treat yourself. Simple as that. Treat yourself. As we're celebrating Black beauty, we have to celebrate ourselves and celebrate where we've come, how far we've gotten, and just celebrating us it can be really hard to celebrate ourselves I have a very hard time celebrating me I am a perfectionist I you know that saying where it's like anything that somebody anything somebody can say to you like bad I've already said to myself even worse that's me I don't know how to take a compliment. I don't know how to accept praise. And that is something I'm really working on. And part of that means learning how to celebrate me. And so that means treating myself, feeling like I deserve special things, feeling like I deserve special moments. And so treating yourself. So this week's wellness tip is to treat yourself, whether that means swinging by the ice cream shop and getting an ice cream or getting a pair of shoes that you've been looking at. I finally bought a raincoat that I've been staring at for three years and it felt so nice. It felt so nice. I just felt like I didn't deserve it. And I finally celebrated me and got this raincoat I really wanted and needed and it felt so great. And it was so cute because it matched my dog and we were really cute. And everybody on Instagram thought we were cute and I knew I was really cute and it just made me happy. But celebrate yourself. Because when you celebrate yourself and when you're able to celebrate your successes, more successes come your way. Being comfortable in that realm of success makes the universe want to give you that even further. And that is something I'm learning. So this week's wellness tip is treat yourself. So in the same vein, this week's wellness question actually is, how can I celebrate myself without breaking the bank? And so celebrating yourself, it can obviously be buying yourself something nice. It can be going out to eat, having a nice meal, but it can also be something as simple as picking yourself a bouquet of flowers. When I go on a walk with Duck, that's my dog, if I haven't mentioned her yet, um, I pick out flowers that make me feel good. That's been something recent I started doing, and that's the way I treat myself. I sometimes will light a candle over dinner and just have a nice Netflix and dinner moment. I will take a nice long hot shower, taking a long bath with bath salts, bubbles, making it a moment, having your coffee and tea with a book you enjoy, treating yourself in those small sensual moments, embracing the moments where you can take the time to really be in the moment, to be mindful. That is treating yourself. Yes, you can buy yourself nice things. You can buy yourself, you can spend money, but you can also take the things you do in in your day-to-day life and slow down. You can slow down and cherish that time and treat yourself with the gift of time. 
the time and presence of that moment. Treating yourself doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to fall in these capitalist standards. And I oftentimes think that our focus on treating ourselves in this capitalist framework only encourages more capitalism, right? We spend $100 on a pair of shoes, then we have to work even harder to make $100 and then we don't feel like we get to treat ourselves because we had to work those $100, you know, the equivalent of $100. But instead, if we just take a nice walk and pick a bouquet of flowers, we embrace the nature around us, we take the time to enjoy our dinner instead of eating it over the sink, instead of rushing through dinner, we light a candle, we have a nice conversation, we take the time to read a book, that really enjoy, we really enjoy. Those are beautiful ways that you can treat yourself, giving yourself the gift of time, taking your time back from corporate America, from these capitalist systems that attempt to stifle us. So thinking about the ways in which you can celebrate yourself without spending money, there are way more than you think. And when you do that, you're able to really be mindful and appreciate the treat even more. Thanks for listening to another episode of Well, Well, Well by LRH Wellness. If you found this podcast helpful or it resonated with you, make sure you like, subscribe, share, and give it a five-star rating. Check out lrhwellness.com to see available wellness programs and consider supporting work. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.